The idea of playing a character that I created 50 years ago, I thought, you know, she's had 50 years of living. Who has she become? What are the experiences that happened to her those 50 years? And how does that affect the person she is now? And that started to interest me creatively. And I, I realized that, you know, we are the, in any moment of time, the sum total of everything that's happened to us and how we've reacted to it, responded to it, how it's become part of our character. And I thought that was an interesting creative challenge to explore. In 1973, I was captivated and scared. First, in reading The Exorcist, I couldn't even read it at night. It was so scary. And then seeing it on the big screen in a theater where you could literally hear a pin drop. It was that quiet. Now comes Exorcist Believer. And we just heard from Ellen Burstyn returning as Chris McNeil to face an old evil. Thanks to Universal Pictures for the audio we're about to hear and what we just heard. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Here's more with Ellen Burstyn. That's the most, I mean, it's one thing to be taken over by somebody coming in the room and tying you up or kidnapping you or threatening you. But the idea of an inner force being able to get possession of you and you can't control it, I don't think there's anything more terrifying. So for a horror film, it's a very good premise. There are rituals for it in every religion, in every country, in every culture. Um, and they're all different because they all have different belief systems. They have different gods. They have different demons. Um, but there are certain similarities. Um, and the exorcisms work. There's more on Exorcist Believer on Bite, so stay tuned. Leslie Odom plays troubled father Victor Fielding, whose daughter gets possessed. When I heard that David was making this movie, I sent my agent an email. Uh, must have been last year, maybe even the year before. Uh, end of end of the year. I sent them an email like, just so you know, this is a dream project. FYI, just do with that what you will. And uh, I don't know, seven or eight months later, I got a, a call to, to join David on this adventure. It's weird to talk about a blessing on a project like The Exorcist, but she really, she really blessed the project. And uh, she grounded and blessed me as a scene partner. You know, we already had the bar of her work, the high bar of her work, the high mark of her work and Linda's work and that original team that they gave us. You know, we're trying to be in the world. I know we're making our own thing here, but we are, of course, trying to honor this thing that 
inspired us so. I just remember being a, a teenager when I first saw The Exorcist and being so like shaken by Ellen's work because it's, it's disarming in its humanity and its honesty. So I was a little nervous, as you can imagine, to you know come here and work with her, but from the first minutes of being with her, she gave me this huge hug. I mean, you know, a nice long uh, special hug, like a welcoming hug. And then we dug right in. At the end of the day, I want to get wrapped up in a, in a story. I want to believe it. It was the specificity of those relationships. It was the the truth and, and humanity and, and desperation that they brought to it. You know, those relatable emotions, they made me believe it. They made me feel it. And so that's what we're trying to do. Olivia O'Neill and Lydia Jewett, who play Catherine West and Angela Fielding, are the young ladies who get possessed from an old enemy of Chris McNeil. I think that's the thing, is probably like Catherine makes Angela talk to people and then Angela's more like, okay, let's like chill out for a second, and please. I think the dynamic is a lot like ours, but yeah. locked <laughs> because I'm more the introvert and she's more, yeah, the, extrovert. more the extrovert. So <laughs> what can I say? But it kind of is that dynamic, Definitely. I feel like, just opposite. Yeah. When you're doing your, you know, your character research and you're getting into the role, not only do you have to discover who Catherine is right so that's one you gotta know who Catherine is you gotta know who demon Catherine is and then you gotta know everything in between because obviously there's stages we have like stage one stage two stage three like we have all these stages and so I kind of wanted to create um so you could clearly see where these stages were but also they blend together very well in a very true way to I guess how it would when you're possessed so it was like two main characters to build, but also all these different characters and variations in between, um, which is something that was so cool to do. And my YouTube search history is like <laughs> weird possession videos, but you know, I have an excuse. <laughs> I think that's what David is also great with, is he yeah. shows us like what what he's thinking for the stages and the levels. Like he, I think he told me once, like percentages of how much we're crazy or something like that. And that helps us sort of visualize the idea that we're going for. Because some scenes he'll have me do them a stoic way, like just like no emotion. Then some scenes he'll have me do them as sweet Angela. And then some scenes he'll have me do them super aggressive. And so I think that sort of shows how fluid it is. I think the makeup definitely helps because you have sort of a place to go to. But I think for the like 50% demon, I think it's more of a, that's, that's the fun part is finding how you can do that without like makeup to work. Like I have this big bulge on the side of my head. So sometimes in a scene, I'll like turn like that so like the light can catch it and everything, right? But when I don't have it, it's more fun to see the different ways you can show that aggression or that difference in mentality from regular Angela to demon Angela. I think that's the fun and challenging part is finding those differences, you know. Jason Blum produces for his Blumhouse brand. I think the trick of reimagining iconic movies like Halloween or The Exorcist is taking an, some stuff from the original movie and then inventing new things. Obviously you can't just redo that. Well, you could just redo the movie, but not a lot of people would want to see that. Um, so so having, uh, 
having Ellen in the movie is is really an amazing way to connect this movie to the first movie, although obviously time has gone by and she's much older and she plays herself X amount, X amount of years later. But I think it really ties the DNA of this movie to the first movie, which I think for me and for the fans is very satisfying. I remember the first time I saw The Exorcist. I actually saw it sadly on TV. I wasn't quite old enough to go to the theater when it came out. But it um, it did to me what it did to so many people. It, it scared me to death and it continued to scare me long after I had seen the film. He comments on the most terrifying moments for him. I think the moments that were most terrifying for me were some of the lines from the girls. God played a trick on you. Lydia's delivery of that line gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. I've sat in a theater a few times the trailer has played and the reaction is amazing. The director is David Gordon Green. I've grown up with a fascination of religions of all sorts, and when I see a movie that has a religious theme, I'm always really triggered by that and wondering about that and often read more about it or research it. And this was an opportunity to take uh, a lot of different perspectives of possession and explore it through a variety of characters and their perspective of religion. So as you can imagine, being a steward of this title, uh, people pick up the phone. And so my research began as, as curiosity, naive curiosity, wondering various religious perspectives on possession and, and various rituals and ceremonies that paralleled um, the demonic universe that we were exploring. And then it was a, a chance to talk to academics and priests of all sorts and um, be recommended books to read. When I met Ellen Burstyn for the first time, she had a, 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 an amazing journey for the last 50 years uh, in the wake of the success of this film with people bringing her stories, with people telling her their experience and sharing. And, and in a lot of ways, the evolution of this project uh, began with uh, some of my inspiration from Ellen and, and her real life story. In my initial research of, of this film and the narrative we were sculpting, I found cases of up to five in a synchronized possession. So up to five accounts of, of five people that were dealing with possession from an, an entity that felt related among the five. And, and for me, that was exciting because I thought, okay, now I can explore all these different perspectives of how um, you would deal with it differently. If it was your child, then I would deal with it, then she would deal with it, or he would deal with it. And so this became, to me, part of the conflict of the movie is, uh, if, if our children are possessed by the same entity and you think about things differently than I do, how do we work together to you know, free these kids of this being? One of the things I love about the original Exorcist is it starts in this exotic um, locale and in these curious characters. It's very ambiguous as to what's going on, but it's captivating, it's rhythmic, it's mysterious. And then it steps away from that introduction and into a relatable, real-life, recognizable, modern-day world. And that was one of the ingredients in the original film that I thought would be smart to take to our film, of show us a place that's not our everyday world, but show how that affects some characters, and then let's step, in, in our case, we step forward in time several years and then find our relatable, modern-day world. It's a very different, a demonic possession movie is a very different subgenre of horror than a slasher movie. We're not the boogeyman, we're not afraid of the dark. This is a movie about um, real life drama that gets, escalates to a point of, of absolute mind-blowing horror. 
I think this movie is asking a lot about belief. It's asking a lot about placebos, the power of suggestion, about faith, um, where you come from and what you're willing to believe if you think that that's the step toward healing. And um, so every character, no matter how devout they have are within the story here, are, are challenged by their faith, challenged by their belief. Um, and then ultimately, that's a quality also that can unite. Special thanks to Universal Pictures for the audio we enjoyed. Or did we enjoy it? I don't know. See this during the day is the best advice I can give. I will watch the original and then see this film. So we'll see, uh, you know, how it goes. Getting burst in is a coup, no question. Subscribe to Sci-Fi Talk Plus, and it is free for a lifetime. The link is in the show notes. For Byte, this is Tony Tolado.